In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Together, growing in faith, changing communities. My dear brothers and sisters, today I would like us to reflect on the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 14 to chapter 5, verse 9. Brethren, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sinning. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard for his godly fear. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. I like the, the reading. The author has some few points that are worth noting. We have a high priest who has passed through the heavens. The one that we can hold fast to our confession. Now, what is the role of a high priest in a Jewish setting, which has become part of our Christian setting? Let me take a typical example of a feast, a celebration that takes place once a year. It is a celebration that is known as Yom Kippur. The word Kippur comes from the verb called Kippur, which is a biel. To cleanse, to purify, to sanctify. So Yom is day of purification. So Yom means day of. Yom, Yom is the day. Okay. So the day of purification. The day of cleansing. And on this day, and only on this day, the high priest will go into the Holy of Holies. And on this day, he will have slaughtered a bull, two bulls, one for the people of God and one for the sins of the priest and the priesthood. And he will take the blood from the bull and he will sprinkle it in the Holy of Holies, purifying, atoning for the sins of the people and the sins of the priesthood. And he will purify and he will sprinkle the blood even on the Ark of the Covenant. And also, they will use a goat where they will lay hands, a priest will lay hands on this goat, and as he lay hands, he transforms or trans, transplant or trans, uh, and moves and takes away all the, the sins of the people into, that, into this goat, and they will chase the goat into the wilderness. And as they chase the goat into the wilderness, uh, the goat becomes a scapegoat. That's where the concept of the scapegoat comes from. 
And so the goat goes into the wilderness. Nobody kills it really. It dies a natural death up in the wilderness. And so that's what the high priest does. He stands before God on behalf of the people. We find this uh, in, in the times of Moses who goes uh, into the tent of meeting and counters God. And every male, the owner or the head of the house stood in front of his tent door and faced the tent of the meeting. And so by representation, what Moses was doing, he was doing it for the families. And that still continues even in our Christian faith. Jesus Christ is the high priest. He's the high priest that stands between us and God. He's the mediator. That's why if you read the messages that Jesus gives to Sister Faustina of the Divine Mercy, you realize that Jesus Christ is the one who stands and bleeds our cause before the Father. He brings us the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the understanding love that comes from God. And so the author to the Hebrews wants to talk about that. That he is our high priest. But how does he become a compassionate high priest? Because he was tempted in all things but did not sin. He knows what we are going through. He knows what we are tempted with. Jesus Christ knows our weaknesses, our struggles, our failures. When we talk about anxiety, he knows. Depression, he knows. Fear, he knows. Failure, he knows. Temptation, he knows. He does not use that knowledge in order to destroy us. He uses that knowledge in order to save us. This is something contrary to human authority. There are some people in authority who will use what they know about you in order to control you, in order to sabotage your life, in order to destroy you. It's different with Jesus. He doesn't use what he knows about you in order to destroy you, but he, he uses what he knows about you in order to help you, to help me to become something better. And so the author says, through our own struggles, through our own sufferings, Jesus Christ understands because he himself was tempted. He sympathizes with the weakness of our lives. He is able of doing that. And so often I look at Jesus and he says, I know what you're going through. I understand. And sometimes we need people like that. You know, when you're going through a lot, you don't need someone to come and give you the, the, the lecture. You don't need someone to come and quote the law. You don't need someone to come and tell you the book. No. You're already feeling bad. You're already feeling lousy. You just need someone to come and say, I understand. I may not agree with what you've done, but I understand. And I always talk about what 
One of my professors always taught us, always seek to understand. And it's important as human beings. We could be in an argument and you may disagree totally with what I have said. But if you walk away and I walk away feeling that I have been understood, it doesn't matter whether I won or lost the argument. Because I now know at least he understood where I was coming from. She understood what I was talking about. And sometimes it's what people want. We just want to be understood. We just want to be valued. We just want to be noticed. We just want to be loved. We just want to be accepted. And all these other things can fall into place. And so the question that I probably want to look into, do I see people for who they are? Do I allow them to be themselves? Do I give them time to grow? I mean, dear friends, who I was 20 years ago and who I am today, totally two different people. What you said 20 years ago and what you say today, hopefully that has grown, that has matured, and possibly that has changed. Because as we grow in life, we evolve. And as we evolve, so do we think differently and we mature differently. And so let us ask for the grace to be that which God calls us to be and to live the life that God can be happy with. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.